Hi and welcome to another episode of One and Wisdom. I'm Thomas Lehuang and you're listening to the TL podcast where knowledge is shared and no one takes themselves too seriously. Awesome guys, so um, today we're on, uh, we're still going to talk about the 12 rules of life and um, an antidote to chaos, yeah? Yep. Um, what's the author's name? Jordan Peterson? What is it? Jordan Peterson. Peterson? Yeah. Yep. Um, it, it was a test, wasn't it? It's on, it's on Audible, so I can't skip to the front page, right? So, sorry, Kindle, not Audible, Kindle. Being studying very hard. Sorry, one, shut up, Cameron. We're on rule three, right? Um Rule three, make friends with people who want the best for you. Um, it's a very interesting chapter. And I like this way this book structured is the fact that at the beginning, he tells a bit of a, a story, um, whether it's, you know, fictional or, or factual, I don't know. But uh, And then he goes into really dissect the feelings that people might be having on all aspects. It was quite good. I like this chapter. I liked it a lot. But just based on the title of this chapter, this will be my last podcast. Guys, just letting you know now, I've decided that I need to get some real friends in my life who are there to help. Oh, I thought you were uh, going to say you're dragging us down, but okay. Yeah, I, I told you, Chris, if, if we were patient enough, we, we wouldn't have to hurt his feelings and he'd still walk away. I like this chapter a lot, and there's a lot of. Um, I actually listened to most of it on Audible, and there was a few times I listened to the last probably 20 or 30 pages, I reckon, of that chapter quite a few times to just get it to sink in the different ways he was looking at the different aspects people carry on with themselves, whether it's within themselves, within a group, within another, with another person, um, within a team. So it was very interesting. So what are we talking about here? We're talking about association. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. The gist of the chapter was you don't have to hang around people who aren't making your life better. I think is the quote that he uses in there. And it's a, it's a tough topic and a confronting topic for a lot of people because we face that in our workplace, in our friendships and in our home life, in our, you know, relationships, in our marriages. So it's, yeah. it's quite a quite a confronting topic if you go deep down into it. Yeah. What did you get from it, Meigs? Um, I, didn't, I didn't really like the chapter a lot this week, to be honest. Um, I, I got stuff out of it, but I just, I don't know, it kind of felt like a bit of a nothing kind of a chapter for me. Um, I felt like, you know, it, there was a good storyline to it about the people that he'd had in his life and in, in as he was growing up and um, how they came back into his life later on. And, you know, he sort of had to um, basically end friendships and be brutally honest with people. Um, and I just think, I don't know, I suppose it's probably something that um, you, there's certain people that you may have in your life all the way along, but at certain times of your life, you're not necessarily going to be as close to them as what you were. So, you know, as a teenager, you might have hung out with someone every week or every day, um, but now you grow up, you have kids, you, you know, career paths go a different way and you may not see them as often, you may see them at different times and your life's going different ways and you know, and, and events can happen in people's lives. Like you said before, Cam, they can, um, you know, marriages can change, friendships can change, families can change, people's perspective changes 
Um, and it's about, I guess, you being open with yourself enough to decide who you want in, who you want close in your life and who you don't. Yeah, but it, it, the, the interesting that he's talking about, remember this guy is a, a psychiatrist, uh, psychologist and psych psychiatrist, I think. And what was he saying is that um, from the theory of Freud, Freud he um, is talking about how we we tend to hang around the people who uh, have got the same kind of weaknesses we have. And we tend to pick those kind of guys that echo a little bit about what we have. But the, the people really who actually improved are, are the one who've got the audacity or the courage to, to go beyond. And let's put it this way. Everyone's got different level of intelligence. Yeah? And, and, and not only we have different level of intelligence, but we have intelligence in different parts of our life. And so to, to hang around people at a high level than us or different level, let's put it this way, you have to have the, uh, that ability to just go beyond that nature of yours that is about just look for who people who conform my style because that, that's safe. I, I agree I, with I agree with Megan in the sense we look at this two ways. We can critique the book, which I don't think was I don't think the chapter was very well written to make the point that he wanted to make. But the actual subject matter association, we could talk for days about that, and I think we have done on our on the podcast previous. You know, we could. I don't know if it'll be an overshare or not. What was interesting is Paul is, I agree with Meg, as Paul is, I thought the chapter was written, the story, the story hit very close to home. So back in my oh, coming out of school and um, early 20s, um, smoked a lot of pot. He talks about these guys smoking weed and how it potentially ruined their life and hung around with other pot smokers. But the, so it, it got me thinking, but I, I go back to that time and I actually never felt as um, accepted or as welcome as I did was hanging around with my group of stoner friends that I hung around with. Mm. Um, I'd come out of a school where I'd been bullied, fell into this, you know, I just happened to move next door to a bloke one day who smoked weed and within a week we were smoking weed together and then we had a group of friends and that's all we'd do and I'd never felt more um, welcomed or supported and it probably took... It's probably two years or, or close to three years of going absolutely nowhere, smoking a lot of weed to realise that I love these guys and that I feel at home, but we're really going nowhere. And I had to bail on that group to go and try and do something with my life. And a lot of them still haven't. A lot of them are still doing what we were doing back then, which, man, a lot of fun, a lot of good times we had and a lot of fun, but not a lot of progression as a, um, as a human or, or, in life and career and success. So, well, he says that he says that when he goes went on holidays with his group of mates, they went to another town, and the first thing they do, they fell in the same habits that they were doing when they yeah. were in the old town, is when they went and found some pot to smoke. You know what? It's it's really a sort of lesson in life. You can move from one state to another, or one job to another, from one re relationship to another. If you don't change your habits that are negative, that are detrimental to yourself, you're always going to have the same shit you've always had. But it's and I think that's one of the one of the big lessons in that book. And the other one was that some people put them in situations, self in situations where they think they're helping the other people, but in reality, they're doing it because it makes them feel better because it makes them re, uh, not focus on their shit life. And uh, like help someone who you think may need help when you say, do this, do that, because you don't want to focus your own reality. Um, so I think there's a lot of aspects in that book and it goes in even uh, further to say, um, you, you get caught in that, um, you know, that cycle of mediocrity within a 
business and you're thinking that you're helping someone within that business, but they're caught in the cycle and neither of you are breaking out of that cycle because you both, as you said before, you found people that are like you. And until you find some people that are going to challenge you to move beyond that. And one of the biggest things I took from this book was it's easy to stay where you are. It's hard to find good friends. It's, it's, it's hard. It's easy to find shit friends. It's hard to find, have good friends that are going to lift you to make you feel, make you better. Yeah, there was a, a, um, a few sentences that grabbed me. It was quite early in the chapter, I think. And it said, people create their worlds with the tools that they have directly at hand. Faulty tools produce faulty results. Repeated use of the same faulty tools produces the same faulty results. And what Cam was saying before was that, you know, he was, he was in the situation where he was with his friends and they were doing all the fun stuff and, and it was a great time, but it, at a certain point you realize I don't want to repeat this anymore. I've had my Absolutely. fun with it. I've done what I've done and it's time to move on. Not everyone does that in their life. A lot of people and and most people at, with certain things in their own life will do things repeatedly, even though they go, oh, maybe it's not serving me well. They continue to do it for God knows what reason. Oh, because it's easy. He talks about that in the chapter. It's, it's easy to stay there, right? And I, I said right. in my situation, I'd never felt more accepted. So the easy thing for me to do was to stay in that group. And um, it was it was very, very hard to extricate yourself, let alone having um, an addiction to the drug of choice. The the actual leaving the comfort of finally having a group of supportive friends was, was a hard call. But there's a line in there, a couple of lines in there that made me think of Big TL over there. Um, you know, TL, your, your makeup is to help people. But he talks in there about um, wasted time and energy on helping people who don't want to be helped or pretend that they want to be helped but don't really want to be helped and the naivety that comes along with that. Did any of that make you think or did it? Did yeah, it yeah. It, it, it actually made, yeah, it actually made me think. And um, it, there's, there's a chapter in there and it goes like this. Maybe you're saving someone because you're strong, generous, well put together person who wants to do the right thing. But it's also possible and perhaps more likely that you just want to draw attention to your inexhaustible reserves of compassion and goodwill. Or maybe you're saving that someone because you want to convince yourself that the strength of your character is more than just a side effect of your luck and birth, birthplace. Or maybe it's because it's easier to look virtuous when standing alongside someone utterly irresponsible. And I'm, th I'm thinking, hold on, am I doing for those reasons? So. He, he is really uh, asking for all of these things about the character of people. It, it's so hard. I'm, I'm telling you, the, this is a book where even to talk uh, about it, I, I had to read it three times. And, and the way I've been doing it is I'm, I'm reading it like the, the day after this podcast and I'm waiting for two or three days to do it again. And then just the day before, because I had to let it sink it in, sink in. And I'm thinking, how, how do I go about this? But, you know, Alain de Botton, who is a, a, a really beautiful uh, a young philosopher in from England, uh, he, he actually wrote an article that was the most read article uh, uh, um, in one of the journals in the world. And the article was, you, would, you will never marry the right person. <laughs> no, no. Why you will end up marrying the wrong person. So obviously everyone wants to read it. And the way he put it is, the person we marry is the person we seek or we see the ideal in right now. And as we 
grow and as we change, as we become something different, if they are not coming along with, with us in the, that same ride, chances are we're going to be at a different level of thinking and we are looking at them. You know? and, and I think that what he's been writing about here is the duality between the, the helper and the helpee, if you want. And, and the last chapter when he says, please don't think that it's easier to surround yourself with good, healthy people than with bad, unhealthy people. It's not. A good, healthy person is an ideal. It requires strength and daring to stand up near such a person. You have to have some humility, have courage. and It's crazy. Most people would not want to stand alongside a guy or a lady who's asking for high level, high standards, much different level of commitment and excellence and pursuit of excellence. So what they do is that they find ways of criticizing that person, putting them down because it's easier to go with what's easy. I, I, I thought it's, it's a very, very good um, chapter at the beginning of this book because he's preparing us for the other chapters that, that are coming, you know? Have you guys read this book before? Yes, I, I read that this book before. No, I haven't. First time. Yeah, I, I got the message. I haven't either. I thought this chapter was fantastic. I really First time, last time, I reckon, so far is my vote. Really eye-opening. It's really a good way of looking at things a different way. And that, uh, that line yeah. that you just said, Thomas, got me, was that it's, it's hard to find and put stand next to good people because yeah but it is the old saying you are the the sum of the people that you hang around right yeah so let's ask this question then so people reading that chapter for the first time do you think he's done enough in there to make anybody want to change because he goes to great lengths to describe how hard it is to do it right so most people are going to go fuck that too hard yeah i think i think that most people are going to get what they're ready for uh, I, I think that the, the each each time that you reread this, and, and this is from a few reading now, you get something different. I think that the title is not always uh, going Brilliant. with what's in the, the chapter, mm. uh, and but the content, it, there's a lot of research in this guy. This guy has spent nights thinking about the subject, you know? It's, it's just it's just sometimes too deep. I mean... Yeah, so do you think it's not beginner reading, is it? Uh, your, your average, your average person yeah. probably, and uh, I'll get cancelled for this, but probably your average person who's stuck in a group of pot-smoking friends isn't going to pick up this book <laughs> and go... No. Actually, actually I disagree with you. I disagree okay. with you. Maybe with a bit of pot, you read this much more easily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll make more sense. We're going to change yeah. the thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's right. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh God, I don't know. Anyway, I, I'm trying to read this and look at it from also the psychology side because it's it's uh, very interesting that some people, when you're helping them, they actually don't want your help. They're not even ready for your help. Uh, some people they're going out there to help, but it, they're not doing it to help. They're doing it to look good. It's like there's there's even in business we look at the business context. There's people who are getting gimmicks in their business or oh, this is what we do in our business for the community or this is what we do but it's not really for the community it's really an attraction for them for the community to see something you know and, and that sometimes people need to look further there's an intention uh, and, there's another group of people in there too are the people who keep asking for help even though they don't want it so they can say that they asked for help and that they ask for help, ignore the help, and then go, well, I tried and I asked for help because they really didn't want it in the first place. 
So it, talked talks about, it talked about ownership of that too. Like it said, um, oh, it was basically saying that, you know, there's people that are like constantly wanting your, someone's attention for help, but they're not actually taking any responsibility, you know, for anything. They're basically saying the whole world's terrible and everything's bad and poor me. Um, but they're not taking any responsibility for it themselves. They're trying to pass that on to someone else to say they need help. And then they're expecting people to, to want to help them. And some people fall into the trap where they want, they, you know, they listen to people's sob stories and they think they go along with it and they, they buy into it. And then that person gets validation from it. <laughs> um, but it, it talked about the ownership of it. And it said, you know, if they're not willing to take any personal responsibility for it, then you're not doing them or yourself any favors by trying to help them. Yeah. Um, we see it in business. We see it at the moment where, where people aren't training their teams, but other people are now putting on three training sessions a week to do the job that they should be responsible for doing. And then that gives them a fallout. If, if, if it doesn't work or whatever, and they're now no longer responsible for it. Cause it wasn't people aren't taking advantage of that camera. That's the problem. Hey, even if that, it, you give them that and they still don't take advantage of it. Yeah, so the, they're the one. I don't think that they don't take advantage. I think that they're scared of what may happen when they turn up and they've been found out that they haven't been training. I, I think that there's more that fear. One of the lines that I really like from his book uh, is, and I le I'm, I'm learning, I'm, I'm really trying to get that. And he says, before you help someone, you should find out why that person is in trouble. And which goes back to what I've been trying to say. Sometimes, you know, I, I feel like I need to help my kids about something. But I also know if I do, then I may be robbing them of an experience that they have to have, you know. And it's hard. And so to sit down and ask yourself, why is that salesperson or that leader in the business, why is he in that trouble? And sometimes once you really go through the why, and you realize that, hold on, this guy is creating it. It doesn't matter if you go around helping him. You're only doing band-aid because he's got that inner drive to recreate over and over again that same trouble. You often don't find out and it's always an aha moment and also a laughing moment and then also a feel like shit moment when you, you know, staff, you, you try your best to help a lot of staff and then they might leave the company and you find out afterwards that it was, you know, it was a cycle that had been repeated many 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 times and that in actual fact you were no chance of being able to help them because because of that that was their pattern and that's what they were they were doing so you go through that moment where you beat yourself up because you're not good enough as a leader you go through that moment where you think shit what could have i done better and then you find out later on down the track in some instances that there was absolutely nothing you could do because you hadn't questioned where that behavior was coming from in the first place you hadn't questioned why they were either doing or not doing the things that they were meant to be doing in the first place. And so looking deeper at first glance is, is a great tip, I think. Uh, another line that troubled me a little, little bit, but you know, you have to think about it is he says this, here's something to consider. If you have a friend whose friendship you wouldn't recommend to your sister or your father or your son, why would you have such a friend for yourself? And it's, it's, Last one I had written down. it's just yeah. crazy. That's when I thought, shit, what am I doing with Cam? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, hasn't invited me around for a while? <laughs> 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 Don't worry. As I said, I was, 
made me question exactly what we're doing on this podcast, this whole chapter. Don't worry. You hear that? <laughs> <laughs> That was one of the last lines, I think, in the chapter. It might have even been the last line. Um, but it took me straight back to the previous chapter that we did last week, which talked about the fact that we, you know, you should care for yourself as if you care for others. And, and that tied straight back into it, that if you wouldn't, if you were looking from the outside on a relationship of someone that, you, that you're um, related to or friends with and going, geez, why are they doing that? Why aren't we doing the same thing for ourselves? Yeah, it's crazy. People get, you know, we see it a lot in because of the the job that we all do. But at a lot of places where they're getting divorced at sort of fifty five or sixty years of age, and you wonder how long they've been in that marriage with the wrong person, knowing that they're in the marriage with the wrong person before it got too much to leave. And that that's what I asked about the question in the book: Is it going to change anyone's mind? Because leaving a group of friends or leaving a um, an intimate relationship is Friggin' hard work, man, and a lot of people will stay there just because it's easier to stay there until the pain becomes too great to do. So, um, growth is often uncomfortable, right? It's all right talking about ditching bad influences until you've got to ditch the bad influence. You know, how many people are actually brave enough out there to say, you know, this friend who's we've been friends since high school and he's had my back and I've had his back? How many of us are brave enough to say, right, our friend? See you later. Well, I think as we naturally grow older, we know it's easy to... for Thomas. He flicks people every day like they're, they're shell and peas. But for, for those of us with a bit more of a heart. Um... <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> but as we grow older, I think we naturally naturally um, get rid of those people. For those of us that growth mindset, we naturally get rid of those people out of our lives. Well, not altogether, but we don't see them as often as we would have previously. Um, because we don't want to sever all ties altogether out of nostalgic reasons or for whatever reason. Um, but I think we we naturally will go to those people with the values that we are now looking for uh, rather than the ones we, we previously had. And that's why we, we, we I think we tend to like the vibration of the universe. We find the people that are like us. Um, and it's it's funny that you said, you know, why you know people constantly ask for help and 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 they constantly blame. We we saw it in the last book we read when we read the Stoics. It, it's an in, it's an internal thing, not an external thing. And until those people realise that, this chapter really won't hit home either. Oh, it, listen. Some of us got a lot. Some of us didn't. It's part of, part of life. Not 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 every book gets everything. You know, with everyone. So. Um, I enjoyed it. I, I hope you guys enjoy it. I did. Oh, he's, he's gone all sad. What's wrong, Theo? You okay? No, no, because I'm just thinking like, you know, two two of the people here are my friends. What, how am I going to ditch the other one? When I'm, <laughs> <laughs> that's the beauty about, mate, that's, that's the beauty of the uh, technological age that we're now living in, mate. you got a button there that just says... Remove from group. Don't you worry. They, 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 that's what I'm trying to say, Cam. I, I've been struggling with trying to push that button that says cancel on you for the last 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Donald Trump would have no problem hitting a big red button, mate. Donald Trump. And neither would Joe Biden. He'd just blame someone else. <laughs> All right. We're going to see each other on the next subject soon. So keep it there. All right. See you guys. Thank you very much, guys. You, guys. Top one, top one.
Great. Bye.